Unwise Girls, a Percy Jackson reread podcast. Uh, I'm Jamie, and I'm your host, and this is your co-host, Jacqueline. I'm Jacqueline, the co-host. Uh, we're going to be rereading the Percy Jackson books, the um, basically like all the Rick Riordan, like demigod, you know, the Kane Chronicles, the Magnus Chase ones, all the weird ones that he has that also aren't Percy Jackson, but mainly the Percy Jackson type ones. I actually do not know any of this. That's perfectly fine. I Basically what I've read of this before is that I've read the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series. I've mm-hmm. read I've read most of the uh, Heroes of Olympus story. And I read the Kane Chronicles. But I've never read like anything else Riordan before. Okay. I vaguely remember reading a few Percy Jackson books in like primary school. And I remember enjoying them, but I yeah. I wasn't so invested that I went looking for uh, books in the store once the library ran out of them. Is basically yeah, my history. <laughs> okay, so let me tell you about the first four chapters. We're going to be doing four chapters an episode because four is a nice number. It'll even out to making sense eventually. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm just going to summarize them real quick. Chapter 1. I accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher. Percy Jackson, a 12-year-old misfit, and his class of delinquents, including a bully named Nancy, and Percy's only friend, a meat kid with wispy hair, a meat kid with wispy facial hair and a muscular disorder, Grover, are chaperoned to a museum by their cool bearded Latin teacher, Mr. Brenner, and their mean old pre-algebra teacher, Mrs. Dodds. At the museum, Mr. Brunner has Percy tell everyone about the story of Kronos eating his kids and lets Percy know that this will be important in his real life. But Percy thinks Mr. Brunner's expecting too much of him, despite his ADHD and dyslexia. Grover and Percy are eating lunch together when Nancy bullies Grover, leading to a moment where Percy gets mad and Nancy ends up in the water, even though he didn't push her. Uh, Mrs. Dodds takes Percy into an isolated part of the museum, uh, seemingly like to punish him for pushing Nancy. But actually, to confront him about having done some mysterious wrong and get him to confess. But when he doesn't, she turns into this scary, leathery, winged monster. Mr. Brunner wheels in suddenly, throws Percy a pen that transforms into a sword, and Percy uses instinct to swing it through Mrs. Dodds and turn her into yellow powder. Uh, when he gets back outside, though, Mr. Brunner acts like nothing happened when Percy returns the pen, and nobody seems to remember there ever being someone named Mrs. Dodds. Ooh. Chapter 2. Three Old Ladies Knit the Socks of Death. Percy Jackson is having a terrible time back at school. The weather is freakishly bad. He suddenly has a completely different math teacher, dreams of Mrs. Dodds haunt his sleep, and he started failing all of his classes. It all builds up, Percy snaps at a teacher, and he's disinvited from returning next year. It's not too unexpected for him, and he's happy he'll be able to see his mom again, but he's sad about not being able to be in Mr. Brunner's cool Latin class anymore. He cares enough to study for it, even. When Percy gets frustrated with studying, he decides to talk to Mr. Brunner about it, but ends up eavesdropping on a conversation between Grover and Mr. Brunner instead, where he hears some odd things. Something called a kindly one got into the school, some kind of summer solstice deadline, something called a mist making everyone think things. 
Mostly, though, it's clear they think he's in danger. The next day, after his Latin test, Mr. Brunner calls Percy back in to tell him that leaving the school is what's best and is only a matter of time because Percy isn't normal. This has the unfortunate side effect of making Percy feel horrible about himself. Grover is with him on the Greyhound back to Manhattan and gives Percy a contact card, noting him as a keeper with an address on Half-Blood Hill and says he's been protecting Percy. Um, and when the bus breaks down momentarily and Percy sees three old women snip a string of giant golden scissors ominously, Grover rushes him back onto the bus, mutters something about them never making it past sixth grade, and makes him promise to let Grover walk him home. Chapter 3. Grover unexpectedly loses his pants. After ditching Grover at the terminal, Percy tells us about his mom, Sally. She's a very sweet person who's had very few good things in her life, and one of those few things was meeting Percy's dad, a kind, rich, and important man who was tragically lost at sea. It sounds like a romance novel. When Percy gets home, his stepdad Gabe, who is fat, smelling, and abusive, demands money for a poker game from him under implied threat of violence, and after handing him his change over, he goes into his room to be frightened and traumatized before his mother comes in. The two of them have a sweet reunion, and Sally announces that they'll be going to a rental cabin they used to visit in Montauk, which is where she met his dad. But before leaving, there's a little argument with Gabe. Um, at the cabin, Percy and Sally have a very nice time, but things get a little weird when Percy tries to talk to her about his dad, because he seems to have a memory of seeing him as a baby, but Sally says that his dad left while she was pregnant. Other strange things happen. Memories of a one-eyed man in a black trench coat, a snake he strangles a toddler. His mom tells him about a summer camp his dad wanted to go to. He has a dream about a horse and eagle fighting, and then he wakes up to what seems like a hurricane and Grover is outside their door. He's got goat legs and has been searching for them all night because there's some kind of danger. Chapter 4. My Mother Teaches Me Bullfighting but now all driving away from the cabin and Percy learns a bit more from both of them. Grover's a satyr who's been watching over him. Mrs. Dodds is real. Something called the mist is put over humans' eyes to keep them from seeing supernatural things. The one going after Percy is the Lord of the Dead and his minions. The place they're driving to for protection is the summer camp Percy's dad on to go to. And the old ladies who snipped the string at the fruit stand were the fates who were foretelling someone's death. The storm is terrible, it's dark out, and Percy is confused and distressed when Sally has to swerve to avoid a figure in the road. This leads them into a ditch, knocks Grover out, and Percy sees the figure through the windshield. Huge, well-muscled, and fuzzy, with a strangely shaped head. When they manage to get out of the car, Sally tells Percy to take Grover and run as fast as he can to the camp. She'll have to stay behind because she's unable to cross the property line. Sally's unfortunately caught by the figure who Percy realizes is the Minotaur, and it seems to kill her, with her body dissolving into light and disappearing. Percy is infuriated and gets a burst of strength which he uses to jump onto the Minotaur's head, steer into a tree, break off its horn and use said horn to kill it, which makes it disintegrate the same way Mrs. Dodds had. Percy passes out after dragging himself and Grover towards the farmhouse Sally told him to go to, and the last thing he remembers before passing out is two people standing over him. A pretty blonde girl named Annabeth, who says he must be, quote, the one, unquote, and a familiar bearded man. Thinking emoji. 
thinking emoji. So what did you thinking emoji of these chapters? Uh, I think right off the bat, there is a huge mythological inaccuracy in here. Is that right? Yeah. Um, like the fifth line, Percy says, you know, believe whatever lie your mom or dad told you about your birth. And I think by implying that any demigod would have a single parent, He's saying that no Greek god would ever like be a home wrecker, and that is Zeus's whole thing. So <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Um... Two out of ten <laughs> for mythological accuracy. I really enjoyed these chapters, though. Mister Riordan, you've got some things to improve. On. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right though. This was I I like so what I expected coming in was like a a decent middle school book. Yeah, same, basically. And and what I've gotten so far is a really good middle school book, I would say. <laughs> this is the one that you're made to read in class and you actually enjoy it. Yeah, I remember reading this in like sixth grade or something in class and like doing uh, assignments on it. And I was like, wow, this is cool. Much cooler than like Romeo and Juliet or whatever. This is way better than Cherub. Did you guys have... I guess Cherub is more of a British what is thing. Cher- Cherub is this horrible little series about like about like child soldiers um, who are employed by MI5, uh, but it's good and normal because they're all orphans and they get to live in a really sweet summer camp where they're not doing um, weird military missions. It sounds like the Alex Ryder series to me. The Alex Ryder series. You know that series? I, I read a lot of that series. The Alex Ryder series at least presents MI6 as a bit morally dubious for using a child. In Cherub, it's just like the real ass British military intelligence use child soldiers and it's cool and normal. You know what? That's, <laughs> that is bad. Yeah, it's. That is, that is not great. And Percy Jackson so far has not had that. So, gold star. Percy Jackson so far has had very little military apologia. <laughs> Although, um, I feel like Mr. Brunner, with his large collection of um, Roman artifacts and his um, like love of talking about like Western civilizations like the Greeks and the Romans, these days he would absolutely be a Nazi. I I vehemently <laughs> disagree with you. I... <laughs> I, I'm not I'm saying really mad that you said that. I'm actually. not saying that the character is like that. I'm saying that those are like the red flags you would use to indicate that a character is that way. It's true, <laughs> but you shouldn't say it. <laughs> okay, let's let the cat out of the bag really fast. Okay, because we've read the, uh, we've both read at least this book before, so yes. we know that Mister Brunner is a horseman. I actually misremembered and thought he was a goat man until you said horseman just then. So oh. I thought he was like Grover's dad. Let's put the cat back in the bag. <laughs> I've been spoiled. Let's toss it into the river no. in this whole podcast right now. <laughs> okay. I, I'm i going to start off with criticism. Okay. Because I hate to be positive. Um, the negativity gets clicks. Let's go. One of the go. things that I really enjoyed... Yeah, one of the things that I hated is what I mean <laughs> is that um I really didn't like the the descriptions of Gabe. Basically it read very like dursley to me. Oh yeah, I can you know, I didn't think that when I read it, but now that you say it he's even it's even got the description of him being like a walrus. Yeah, he's described as a walrus. He's he's like explicitly like a fat, abusive 
he's a bit more explicit explicitly abusive than the Dursleys, I guess. Yeah. Um it's it's less like it doesn't but, start out as like roll doll comedy abuse. He's just a bad person. Yeah, so it's he's just a bad person and I kind of don't like that association of like he's he's the fat guy and also he's bad and evil. Yeah. Um but I don't think it shines through as horribly because this uh, book so far has a very strong sense of like Percy's perspective. Yeah. Like we start off in the very first chapter and I didn't mention this in the summary, but Percy tells us like, he has like a little like warning to us. He's like, like, look, I didn't want to be a half blood and like starts off by addressing us, the reader directly. Yeah. It's written like it's his personal journal throughout all four chapters it feels very much like his own personal 12 year old feelings personal his personal feelings i think it's a better book for having that sense of perspective in it because like we're okay i don't want to bring up harry potter too much i was about to it's taken us 20 minutes for this to turn into a percy jackson harry potter comparison podcast but okay this is Harry Potter is kind of the big touchstone here, right? That's true. There's a comparison because a lot of people made Harry Potter into their big childhood book mm-hmm. and as like a foundation of their life, unfortunately. Deeply unfortunate. Deeply unfortunate. For Percy Jackson, people didn't do it as much. Um, I think people, it's more that people like. If you were a middle schooler at some point, you probably read Percy Jackson and were like, that's cool. Yeah. I don't think it, I, if you are somebody like this, contact us. <laughs> um, but, but if you, um, I don't think that anybody has ever read Percy Jackson, just like the first book in middle school and been like, I hate this. This sucks and is boring. I don't think anybody like that is listening to this podcast. I don't think so, but if you are, like, if you're looking, if you're looking for, like, the shrieking shack of Percy Jackson, this is <laughs> like, we're not going to critically analyze the, the, like, frame in which the politics of, I mean, we might at some point, but, um, we're not, like, going to, like, do a, t- do a serious takedown of, like, the, the ideas and ideologies behind this book. You know, I say nobody like that. Nobody like that will be listening to this podcast, but I did spend all afternoon listening to a podcast which ripped into a movie that I quite like, so... Yeah, people will listen to anything. Yeah. And that's good for us. <laughs> um, it's our only chance. Um, I, It's our only chance to get big on the iTunes charts. Yeah. One thing that I didn't expect from this was the action. What did mm-hmm. you think of the action on this? I really like the action, especially in the um, chapter with the Minotaur. Uh, there's a specific bit that I highlighted as like just especially good, which was um, the bull man staggered around trying to shake me. I locked my arms around his horns to keep from being thrown. Thunder and lightning were still going strong. The rain was in my eyes. The smell of rotten meat burned my nostrils. And it's just, it's so vivid and well described. Like you can picture exactly what's it's, going on with very few words. It's just, it's really well written action. It's really good, yeah. and I think that's the strength of it is that it's like concise. Definitely, it makes the action feel fast, snappy, and it makes it seem like it's not it's not drawn out in a really vivid way. But like, I think a, an, another really good example, I guess, the other action scene is 
the moment where Percy kills Mrs. Dodds, which is basically like like one paragraph. Yeah, he just grabs a sword, does a slice. But it's very good because yeah. it makes you feel like, wow, Percy just like instinctually sliced through the scary creature and blew her into dust. And that rules. Percy, a 12 year old child, just killed someone and seems pretty okay with it. I mean, he does seem pretty traumatized. <laughs> he's deeply traumatized, chapter, and he's only okay with it because he thinks it might have been a hallucination. Unfortunately, it was not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I really, I really had fun with this. I think there was something to like. I think there's something to be said about. We're gonna have more to say about this, I'm sure, later on. And I think this is one of the main criticisms that people have of the Lightning Thief as a book. A lot of people point out that, like, like we introduced, like, three characters at the beginning of the story with varying forms of, like, disability and neurodivergence. Yeah. And then we find out in chapter three slash four that Grover actually doesn't have, like, a musculature disorder. He just has uh, goat legs. Mm-hmm. And it's not, like, an, a bad or evil concept on its own. I think it's just probably kind of disappointing. Uh, yeah, like the only like major recurring characters with any kind of like, as you said, disability or neurodivergence, it turns out to be a different thing. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, I guess, I, like I said, uh, slight spoilers for the coming chapters, but Mr. Brunner is presented as being as using a wheelchair. And that's actually also not true. Not only do his legs work, he has twice as many. He has twice as many. Um and uh percy is i think this one's a little bit more on the line Mm -hmm. um percy has is like said to have adhd and dyslexia explicitly you know it's explained that that's like his greek reading and combat skills but he still like struggles with dealing with that stuff so i think it's a bit less egregious i'd say I actually very much agree. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, like I said, it's a lot more like on the line about it. A lot of the stories where it's a big problem is like your Avatar The Last Airbender's Toph. Like mm-hmm. she's blind, but she can basically see perfectly. Her blindness is mostly used as a joke. Yeah. Or like your Matt Murdock's um, who has like 27 enhanced senses <laughs> and the problem that those kinds of things run into is that it's kind of making it so that like they aren't that like these characters aren't blind these characters aren't really like this or that yeah and i think when you present a character who like it it might be explained later oh your brain is hardwired for a different language and that's why but it's not like that's actually like preventing like percy doesn't go back in and like try to like translate it onto greek in his head from now the rest of his life and then he understands everything he like doesn't have dyslexia yeah anymore. he he still like struggles to read english it's right. just greek that he has an easier time with absolutely it's kind of funky in like a weird way but it's not the world's worst thing mm-hmm. i really like the relationship that mr brenner and percy were presented as having in these chapters yeah yeah it's it's sweet it was it's really sweet like Percy has a lot of trouble in school, but Mr. Brunner is like the cool teacher and it helps him get through class. And that's just like nice to me. I think that's a good relationship for characters to have in a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'm wondering why there is a Latin tutor 
uh, school in the 21st century, but that's 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 just there for the I, story, really, I guess. I mean, at my high school, we did have a Latin class. Excuse me? What? We, Yeah, we had a Latin class in my high school. I, or maybe middle school. I exclusively associate Latin with, like, really old private schools. Which I guess Percy is going to private school, but, like, old British private schools. Yeah, Percy is not going to a British private school. He is not. Despite the localization, localization's attempt to make it seem that way. Okay, can we talk about that? Can we talk <laughs> about that really fast. We can because we made a horrific discovery. We did, and um, once again, we plunge us first back into Harry Potter. So I'm going to speak for myself here. Okay, when I was like 12 or whatever. I went to the library and I picked up a copy of Rick Riordan's. I hope that's how you say his name, of Rick Riordan's The Lightning Thief. When you went into the library at school, uh, yeah. what did you pick up a copy of? I picked up a copy of Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief by Rick Riordan, <laughs> because <laughs> we I we only found out about this difference, like, the other day. Yeah, it's... I. It has to be to make it sound more like Harry it, Potter. That has that is the only reason I can think of why they would do this because the Lightning Thief is a much better title on its own. It's slick. It's like yeah, the Lightning Thief. What does that mean? I don't know, but it sounds cool. Whereas it Percy Jackson, uh, the Lightning Thief. Uh, this is probably a magic boy going to magic school, which I guess it kind of is. Like, and yeah, it's kind of the same genre. It's like it's like a chart. You know, it's like you're reading like. Oh, Charlie Bone. And oh, God, no. Wow. Did you ever read Charlie Bone? I read, I I have no idea how much of that book I read. I read enough that I had, like, an extremely vivid memory of the first chapter. And, I like, nothing Charlie else. I am the Charlie Bone Defender. Oh, okay. I am the Charlie Bone Defender, yeah. I, the only one. I, I will log on and argue with anyone at any time. The characters in that book rule... Um, they have sweet superpowers that actually, like, have rules and stuff. <laughs> um, the, the, the evil characters are so evil and you make, makes you want to be like, no, I don't like you. But <laughs> the, the only evil character we have in these chapters is like, I mean, some monsters. Yeah. But also Nancy Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that actually how it's spelled? Boba Fett? Yeah. Let me see. It's, that it can't be kind it. Of like that Boba cannot. Fett. It is. Boba Fett. Well, that is. <laughs> that's close enough that that can't be an accident. You think Rick Riordan was like, I'm naming this character. I call, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about saying his last name. I'm just going to call him Rick. Our good friend, I, friend of the I, show, Rick, who we're on first name terms with. Rick sat down to write this and was like, I'm going to name my character Nancy Boba Fett. (laughs) (laughs) And just like looked at his awesome collection of Star Wars memorabilia and was like, this is good, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And then however many years later, we dunked on him on him for it on a podcast. So was it really a good decision, Rick? Was it worth it? Honestly, it gave us content, so it's fine. It works. It's good. These chapters present a really interesting mystery. It's like you get to this first chapter and it starts off like, hey, I'm Percy Jackson. I'm talking to you. 
Which is kind of a very standard YA beginning in a way. At it least is. for the time. Yeah. But then you get sucked into this world of like monsters are coming after Percy because they think he did something wrong that they that he doesn't know about. And like the Lord of the Dead is coming after him. Like what is all this like I haven't I mean I know what it means. Yeah. What does all this mean though is what the reader would be saying. It's very good at like across the chapters feeding you breadcrumbs about what's going on and like dropping terms that it can then explain partially later to kind of keep you keep you guessing until we get to what I assume is going to be the explanation in the next chapter. Yeah. Um and I think we got a little bit of that like exposition chapter or whatever in chapter 4 mm-hmm. with which if if you noticed in my summary was just me was largely just me um listing things that Percy learned. Yeah. But it also did have a really cool Minotaur fight and it, it did um... it did have Percy Jackson doing a doom finisher on a Minotaur. So who can say <laughs> if it's bad? Who can say if it's bad or good? I are people going to notice that one of us is British and the other is American? I wonder. I'm, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Could this is the lo- one of us says Minotaur? This is the localized edition, so I'm choosing to pronounce it Minotaur. Not valid, but I respect <laughs> Listen, it also says um, crisps instead of chips at, at one point. So, like... Wait, th- this book is does deep it really? In. It really does. Wait, where... Uh, 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 I love the book I ASMR. <laughs> to tide you over until I can find it, because I'm bad at marking pages. Here we go. Um, instead, Smelly Gabe was in the living room playing poker with his buddies. The television was blaring. Crisps and beer cans were strewn all over the carpet. Smelly Gabe was in the living room playing poker with his buddies. The television blared ESPN. What? Chips and beer cans were strewn all over the carpet. So Why did, did they edit out ESPN? I guess, well, I guess young British kids wouldn't know what that is, and they can't just replace it with BBC Sport. Now I want to do like a closely <laughs> line by line analysis to see, like, what else <laughs> changed. God, I wait. Okay, what about a couple chapter? What about a couple pages later? Uh, when what am I um, at? back when they go to talk about the cabin. We walked on the beach, fed blue corn chips to the seagulls, and munched on blue jelly beans, blue saltwater taffy, and all the uh, that sense. Yeah, that's all the same. They say chips there? Blue corn chips. Why not blue corn crisps? Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you. It's possible that we just call Doritos chips and I've never heard it. Or the editor got lazy after doing that one change. That one extremely funny localization. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is this is just across the page from that, and I feel like I have to bring it up. Uh, this is no. not this is not Rick's fault, but when um uh, Percy is thinking about how much he hates Gabe and how his he doesn't understand why his mum is dating an asshole, um, all I could think about was Stefan Molyneux. Why Stefan Molyneux? Because every in every single video he makes. He talks about how the world is an evil place because women don't choose nice guys. I thought you were saying that you were representing him in your head as Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> like this might have been what Stefan Molyneux's childhood was like. 
honestly, this is, <laughs> this is a horrifying thought. Is Percy going to grow up to be an incel? <laughs> I I don't remember how the romance so situation in these books pans out, so I honestly couldn't tell you. I let's just hope it's not like that. Please, um, please no. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you th- th- there's there's like two ends of the curse spectrum here. Which is either Percy grows up to be an incel, or like a certain other notable young adult fantasy series, uh, everyone gets paired up and married at seventeen. Neither Let's of those. Keep an eye out for that. <laughs> the um, I, I don't want Percy to become a cop. <laughs> I like Percy. I like Percy from these chapters. Yeah, Percy's like he's really likable. He's a sweet kid. Um, I. He's sweet, he's an underdog, he's a murderer. Yeah, all those things we love (laughs) in a character. Um, And Grover is nice, really nice too. Like, we get... He's like a weird, awkward, like, 12, 13-year-old who already has a full beard. (laughs) (laughs) And to me, that's like... Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, he's just... he's, He's doing his best to protect Percy. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's not very good at it, because Percy did almost die several times, but he's, he he's doing die. his best. And, and in both of those situations, Grover was A, eating an apple, B, passed out. <laughs> yeah, but no, Percy was saving him the second time, so... They were matching shirts that are like, if found, please bring to Grover, and Grover wears <laughs> one that's like, if found, please bring to Percy. <laughs> they are messes, respectively. It's true. The, the pace is nice to me. Yeah, this this moves at a fair clip. It takes about 50 pages to be out of the real world into fantasy world. Absolutely. And even then, we're still getting little, little squeeze droplets in there yeah. the whole time. I think that's nice. These are four like short chapters that are mostly exposition and a few quick little action scenes. Yeah, we'll probably have longer episodes... Yeah, once we're getting into, like, you know, character dynamics and stuff, and we've got more people to talk about. Yeah, I'm excited for Annabeth. Same. Um, I mean, when we get to her, we can justify the name of our podcast. We're called Unwise Girls, which is named after a, like, a a very intelligent quip that everyone remembers Percy calling um, Annabeth Wise Girl. Which, which I, I don't remember that, but I'm willing to take your word for it. If you Google search Wise Girl, you'll get nothing but pictures of Annabeth. So I think it's sufficient enough. I, you know what? I, I I believe you so confidently that I'm not even going to Google it. That's good. You might get spoiled. <laughs> um, you might get spoiled for all those sweet Percy Jackson spoilers. Like the teacher is a horse. The teacher is a horse. <laughs> oh no, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, the chapter title is I play Pinocchio with a horse. So, I like, play Pinochle with a horse? Yeah, yeah, it's regular. You've never played Pinochle with a horse? I don't know what that is. You don't know what Pinochle is? No. You're, you're going to explain it, and it's going to be something completely normal that I just know under a different name. I can't believe that Jane doesn't know what Pinochle is, everyone. <laughs> Alright. Let's go to questions now. Oh, okay, okay. I'll Google it on my own time, I guess. Actually, also, I do want to very quickly assert that I'm a bigger Percy Jackson fan than you. Why are you a per- bigger Percy Jackson fan than I am? Uh, because sitting in front of me right now are two copies of Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Why? I don't know! <laughs> I bought one off the internet like a few days ago, and it arrived yesterday. 
So I, I read it and made my notes. And then this morning, another copy arrived in the post. And I haven't been charged for it or anything. No, no money was taken from me by Amazon.gov. So, like, I don't know why it's here. Should, do I need to give it back? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> they heard you talking about how you were going to give it away to a charity shop. <laughs> like, we'll give you two. I can give two to the charity shop now. Well, I can't. I've scribbled yeah. in one of them. Okay, let's do questions. Let's go. Okay, uh, first question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, friend of the show, Bree, at Dumb Gay Deer mm-hmm. on Twitter. Which characters watched Naruto? Apocryphal Naruto or real Naruto? You're going to have to do a lot of the heavy lifting on this one because I only ever watched like 20 episodes of original recipe Naruto. I think that Percy would have been into Naruto. I can see Percy Naruto running. <laughs> I want to come in with a controversial take that I think uh, Gabe is a massive anime fan. Uh, he's... What anime does Gabe watch? Uh, right now, he's really into Shield Hero. Uh, but back in the day, he, <laughs> he loved Naruto. <laughs> I'm... I'm going to put you in a cube. <laughs> no, I... not the cube. <laughs> I'm steamed. Um, I I think Sally might once in a while sit down, watch an episode of, you know, maybe watch an episode of Naruto of Percy, or like mm-hmm. maybe she was really into like what's an like, I don't know, Astro Boy or something. That's like sixties, right? right? <laughs> I maybe um, more like Sailor Moon. I mean, when did Percy Jackson come out? Let me see. I think it's like two thousand four. Published in Great Britain by Puffin Books two thousand five, yeah. So I think that, like, how old do we think Sally is? I think she is, like, um, early to mid-30s, I think. Early to mid-30s. So she would have been watching anime, let's say, when she was, like, 10. Well, maybe she would have been watching, like, Gundam? So what, wait, what kind of time are you I talking? Haven't, I, I'm assuming that this takes place in 2005 as mm-hmm. well. I, you would assume so, yeah. In wh- yeah, in which case I'm not sure that Percy would have been watching Naruto. Um... Um, because I think that came out in like 2006 in the United States. He might get really into it in the later books. <laughs> You're completely right. Um, I think anyway, point... my, pers- my personal headcanon is that Sally watched the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure 93 OVA. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that's right. I think you're completely... <laughs> I think she was like, wow, that Jotaro, he's real swell. <laughs> and then um, a, bi- a, a big strong guy came up and he was like, aura aura and she was like wow and then they had a kid and that was percy wait hang on <laughs> so the way the way you set yeah. this up is that jotaro is percy jackson's dad i don't know about that i think that i think the jar is it jotaro or jotaro or how do you say it uh i think it's jotaro jotaro okay so wait um Okay, no, you know what? I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's that she and Poseidon watched it together and then boned. Oh yeah, spoilers. Poseidon is Percy's dad. Yeah, <laughs> even I remember that. Yeah, um, I think that it's possible that Jotaro is a representation of Poseidon. What's the JoJo dude's name? Araki? Yeah. Araki like, saw Poseidon one day, just hanging out in Japan. And was like, wow, I've got to draw that guy. Do that guy for the rest of his life. I think we've we've truly gone off the rails here. <laughs> it's regular. Also, I One was thing just... that I want to talk about. Okay, go yeah. ahead. 
No, no, you go. No, you go. Okay, I, we can't do this. This is just a very small thing. I was looking on the back of my copy to see if um, it spoiled that he was Poseidon's son. Uh, and the blurb says, I was just a normal kid going to school, playing basketball, skateboarding. We only see him do one of those three things <laughs> before his life completely falls apart. So this this blurb is talking shit. Going to school, playing basketball, and skateboarding? What are I, they talking about? I love playing basketball and skateboarding right next to my friend who has like a horrible, who I think has a horrible wasting disease in his legs and can't participate in these activities with me. Oh yeah, Percy is the most inconsiderate kid. <laughs> if I'm remembering right, I think Sea of Monsters opens on Percy playing basketball. That might that? explain it. But why would they have that on the blurb for this book? Um, <laughs> but yeah, the um, I think one thing that I want to bring up really fast, and this is an addendum to something we were talking about earlier. Okay. Um, Rick Riordan did make up the like like original stories that became the lighting thief for his son Haley who had been diagnosed with ADHD and dyslexia oh I see oh that kind of rules actually yeah like um I guess I guess Haley had been like like it was like second grade and was getting real into Greek mythology like we all did in second grade it's normal Um, it's normal I mean second grade um, is gonna be playing Hades now so all the second graders are like, wow, Zagre- I ship Zagreus and... Dusa. And Dusa. And then <laughs> and then you collect all the Dusa points. And Dusa's <laughs> like, I just like you as a friend. <laughs> and they're like, that's okay. I like friends because they're second graders. Hell yeah. Did I just... I just spoiled Hades. I'm sorry. <laughs> for, the, for the listener. I also spoiled it for myself by looking that up accidentally. You know what? The game came out several years ago, if you count the early access, so really it's it's on any listener who didn't know that. That's completely true. If you don't know exactly the details of every little bit of Hades by now, you are a, a rube. Um, I actually also didn't know that. I hadn't gone that far with Deusa. <laughs> I thought you said that you'd beaten, I, I, beaten her. I thought you said that you'd gotten that far in her route. No, I got far enough that she gave me a little plush doll, but I didn't get far enough to get friendzoned yet. Plush doll. Yeah, she gives you a little plush doll. It's very oh. cute. Now you've spoiled me. Well, you don't know when um. you get it because you know that you get the plush doll at some point and then get friend zoned. So maybe you get okay. the plush doll and then quit while you're ahead. <laughs> I did read that if you give her a bunch of like ambrosia or nectar or something, she will give it all back. So that's very nice. Um, <laughs> okay, back. Okay, let's we... let's admit this to ourselves. We are in no small part talking about this book right now because we've been playing Hades. It's yeah, that's a fairly major part of it. <laughs> I've, um, I've I've had I Greek mean, mythology I... on the brain. I wrote a school assignment where I just attached Greek mythology to Wuthering Heights because I hate Wuthering Heights <laughs> and wanted to make it less boring. Can you tell me about that? Oh yeah, I just so basically I was like writing it from the perspective of um. Bertha, who is like the mad old woman locked in the attic by Rochester, the romantic dude who Jane Eyre is in love with. Yeah. And basically, because she's like off the rails in the books, um, and I decided that she thinks that she is Persephone and that uh, Rochester is uh, Hades, keeping her trapped down there, away from like the world of the living. And then she escapes and get gets out 
and then realizes that actually she's attaching way too much meaning to it. Uh, her husband does not care about her at all, and she despairs. That kind of rules. I'm glad you think so. I really hope that my teacher agrees. <laughs> well, best of luck. I hope you get an A. Thank you. Um, do you have A's in British? No, we just get a number from 0 to 100. Oh, I hope you get a 101. Thank you. Let's move on to the second question. Do you have sure. one for us? Uh, yeah, well, mm. so which characters watch Naruto? That's like, you know, you can get into that. You can argue about what different people are into. Um, and I I love my friends, but my call-out post is that I got one good question out of them and the rest of them are useless. Go on. Okay, um, I'll, I'll read one of, one of the less good ones first. Um, is Poseidon hot? Please. Uh, yes, technically. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. Like, <laughs> I don't really know. We don't. We haven't really gotten a good description of him yet. Yeah, but you know, but... Um, Percy's mom seems still pretty head over heels for him, and I'm sure a big chunk of that is personality. But also, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt to be hot. That's what I say every day of my life when I look in the mirror. Good. You should um, have self confidence. You too. Thank you. Um. Any other useless questions? Uh, this is this is this was a follow up to that. Uh, who is the hottest god? Um, uh, I mean, I don't want to be that person, but Aphrodite. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think we do have to consider uh, what's his face, Wine Boy Dionysus. People wait, are really into Dionysus. Dionysus is very thoughty, and I just remembered that he's actually in this series, and he's way worse. You think he's worse? I think he's like a bitter old middle-aged man who who like runs the camp, I think. I'm really excited to get into the series portrayal of Dionysus. Me too. Yeah, I I mean, and if we're talking about hot gods, I guess I would be remiss to leave out um Apollo. But um Tish. But um Nope, Tish. that's that one went directly straight over my head. But um Tish. Because he's the sun? Wait, what? The god of the sun, Apollo? If he's the god of the sun, why were the moon missions named Apollo? Next question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you have a real one for us? uh, I have a real one. It's it was submitted by the only one of my friends who's actually read the Percy Jackson books. Uh, As a result of that, it's about a character who I don't remember. It's just, on a scale of one to gay, how gay is Nico D'Angelo? Like, Kinsey scale? I think five, right? I don't remember I, these books very well, but I think I, five? I don't remember Nico D'Angelo. I don't know what the Kinsey scale is. You don't know I'm, what the Kinsey scale I'm a clueless is. person. I am very unwise. I'm extremely excited for you to meet Nico D'Angelo. Very I mean, the good way, character, as The I way this question is phrased is also making me excited to meet Nico D'Angelo. Um, so the Kinsey scale, also okay. called the heterosexual to homosexual rating scale. I see. <laughs> is used in research to describe a person's sexual orientation. The scale typically ranges from one, meaning exclusively heterosexual, to a six, meaning exclusively homosexual. Um, I mean, this is, this is Greek myth we're getting into, so like, if anybody's a one, it's just wrong. I mean, this is the world of real life we're getting into. If you're a one, you're wrong. <laughs> I can't believe we've already been cancelled for being heterophobic. It took us an hour. I, 
it took us an hour to get canceled for being heterophobic. <laughs> or like 50 minutes by the time I edit this down. Probably. Um, there's, there's a lot of garbage in uh, here. <coughs> Case like important. that. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I'm excited to meet Nigo. Um, that's going to be a few books, though. Um, okay. <laughs> but this is not a Lightning Thief character. Okay. I'm not going to Google him, because if I... If I Google him, it's just going to be Nico D'Angelo death as the first result. It's going to be Nico D'Angelo killed Percy Jackson? (laughs) (laughs) Killed Percy Jackson and is actually a four on the Kinsey scale. Who knew? Who knew? Um, Okay, real real question time. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. I got a question. I got a question from girlfriend of the podcast, Kiara. Back when you read this as a kid, did you have a cabin you wanted to slash thought you'd be in? Okay, I'm I'm picking up from context here that there are like house cabins. How, you really don't remember a lot of this book, do you? Absolutely wow. not. I remember there's a bit in one book where a girl turns in turns from a jumper into a girl, and also the Bermuda Triangle is the Sea of Monsters. Bermuda Triangle is the Sea of Monsters. That's it. That's yeah. all I got. There are a lot of things that turn to girls in the series. It's really good. Um, okay. <laughs> but Percy Jackson trans. Okay. What was that? Percy Jackson trans. Percy Jackson trans. We will look into this as the series goes on. Maybe <laughs> a segment. Okay, anything else? What do you think? What do you think? Anything else that we we should do? I can't think of anything. I don't All think right, we, we didn't have any other activities lined up. No, um, that's fine though. This has been a tight little podcast. Yeah. This has been a a nice tight podcast. This, this is this is a that's... nice tight little podcast just for you, listener. For your own personal use. Um... <laughs> Listen, we're putting this out in the wild. What you choose to do with it is up to you. Christ. Okay. Um, <laughs> that was one step too far. For some reason. Um, <laughs> Let's really quickly do our Percy Jackson trans segment of the week. Okay, let's let's go. Uh, what evidence was there in these four chapters that Percy might be trans? Uh, sword. ADHD. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, everyone, thank you for... <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to Unwise Girls. Um we hope you've had a lot of fun here today and you can follow us on twitter at unwise girls you can email us on at if you want to i don't know why you would want to but if we, you we need better us, questions please email us i don't want to just go scouring through people i know for questions <laughs> Unless, like if you are a, a people i know listening to this podcast feel free to send in questions to the email or twitter email unwise pod no, unwisegirlspod at gmail.com for questions, comments, queries. You can also DM us on Twitter. Um, you can also email email the people who have unwisegirls at gmail.com and ask them what they're doing with that handle and why we can't have it. Please don't actually do that. That's harassment. <laughs> That's, that is harassment. <laughs> don't do that. I'm not going to do targeted harassment at somebody else. Not <laughs> You can find me at Swamp Duchess on Twitter and at Swampert on Tumblr. I'll, you can also find Jane in your local park. Just chilling, hanging out, reading Percy Jackson. Come down to the park, but stay six feet away. 
please, God. No, please, please don't give Jane the, the bad <laughs> bug. Um, Let's not say the name, otherwise uh, we'll get pushed down in the algorithm. I think that's how it works. Probably. Um, all right. And now we do our fam- famous sign-off, Jane. Um, uh, see, wait, see wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. I'm stopping. If you want to help us out a little bit, leaving a five-star review would be so nice. If you leave, like, a four-star or under, that will immediately hurt our chances of being anywhere <laughs> in the podcast ratings forever, um, to my understanding. So, you know, if you want to leave just, like, a, a nice little five-star review, if you can make like a, sweet of you. A few alt accounts and spam some five-star reviews, that would be just... I don't think you're allowed to say that. (laughs) That would be just very bad. Don't do it. Don't do that. Don't do it. But if you do leave a... I sound sarcastic because I find it funny, but seriously, please don't do that. Please don't do that. (laughs) And if you leave a review, um, if it's it's epic enough, we will read it on the podcast. Um, If you quote tweet Donald Trump in your review, that will... That gets it right on. Why that specifically? Because <laughs> when you say the word epic, the, the first thing I think is epic Donald Trump Twitter dunks. Because Christ. I want to if hurt myself. Quote, <laughs> if you quote tweet JK Rowling. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Jane, I'm passing it to you now to do our signature sign off. You've you've tried to do this a few times now, and I still haven't thought of anything. I'm drawing a complete blank. Um, uh, see, see you next week, Camp Half Blood. See you next week, Camp Half Blood. <laughs> <laughs>